2: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, play ball! It might be, it could be, it is! Paula's seeking a new career as a baseball play-by-play announcer. Holy cow, get out the rye bread and mustard, Grandma, cause it's grand salami time! White Sox play-by-play announcer Jason Benetti is on the phone to see if Paula can belt one out of the park in the broadcast booth. Plus listener show descriptions nobody's know the trouble we've seen trying to describe this podcast you listeners have come to our rescue with descriptions of our show thank you for calling one of us a genius and now, the starting lineup for today's podcast, leading off, 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 and playing co-host, host, host, is the man who always tries to frame the conversation within the topical strike zone, Adam Felber, Felber, Felber. <gasps> Batting second and playing a position unknown to any sport is the woman who is queen of the wild pitches, Paula poundstone Poundstone, Welcome, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Paula. Thank you very
0: much. So nice to be in my bedroom office.
2: Yeah, so nice to be in my bedroom office. And a quick yeah. thank you to tonight's house band, Nobody Trumpeter Corey Springhorn from Shoreview, Minnesota.
0: Nice. Yeah. Thank you, nice Corey. Work, thank Corey. you. <laughs> thank you so much. Adam, I have been learning another new skill during the stay at home order, and I would like to demonstrate oh, yeah? What's that? it. I'm going to demonstrate it to you now. I have been oh. researching this on the internet, but I've never actually seen anyone do it alone. So this should be exciting for everyone. Right now, Adam, I am climbing yes. into a long wooden black lacquered box with a red and yellow painted trim. I am now okay. shackling shackling my feet to the end of the box and okay. shackling my left hand Within the box, I'm okay. cl- closing the lid and now Alrighty. lifting a saw with my right hand. and I am now going to saw myself in half.
2: Wait, Paula, I really want to get a good picture of this. Um, so your your hand is protruding from a hole in the box. It's yes, that is correct. Yeah, and your head is protruding from the end. And now you're going to no, saw your in is, half.
0: My head is inside the box, and I'm now sawing, and I'm sawing,
2: and... Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Pa- Paula, stop sawing. Stop sawing, Paula.
0: Paula. I think I'm gonna um, pa- Paula? be able to really comply with this stay-at-home order.
2: Oh my God, Paula! Uh, uh, how bad is it? Did you well, succeed?
0: Yes, I'm totally sawed in half right now. This is my upper torso talking to you. Oh. Okay,
2: that's that's <laughs> deeply disturbing. Oh, um, my God. Now, do, do not
0: the, do not try this at home, by the way. As I said, I studied this on the Internet, so I knew how to do it.
2: Um, okay, would you do the uh, second half of it uh, just as a favor to me? Do what second half? The second half of the trick where you put yourself back together and you hop out of the box.
0: Oh, there's no fucking way I'm going back together. <laughs> <laughs> <All> oh <of> you you. <laughs> well... All right. Um, yeah, uh, I would. No, man, my I would uh, say. A, c- I'm not even sure what that is right there on the floor, but I, I think it might be a spleen. I like I am. Oh
2: Jesus! Oh, God. Are you going to be okay to do the podcast? Yeah.
0: Oh no! Don't worry about me at all. I think I'm. oh damn it! The dog. You know, drop that. Drop it. Drop. That's my. it's <laughs> my fucking kidney.
2: Uh, <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, I, I, well, I, I guess the, it, the problem the problem here is that you're not going to be able to do that trick again. Well, no, but it was amazing.
0: It was, you know. I guess. <laughs> it was a, amazing. You know, if we're it not for the stay-at-home order, I would have somebody here who could have filmed it. You know what? My, I think the dog's about to throw up my kidney. Uh, you know, oh, boy. I told you. To- <laughs> I told you, to- I told you to drop it. Oh, geez, you know, I didn't think about that ahead of time is having the dogs in here with my organs.
2: It sounds like there was a lot of this you didn't think through. It didn't even sound like it was the classic trick where you do end up being put back together at the end and your head is, in fact, sticking out of a hole in the box.
0: Oh, no, that wasn't what I saw on the internet.
2: Oh, my God, Paula. Well, you know, a valuable lesson was learned.
0: I've never seen it done by just one person.
2: You, yeah, that you was know, your wrinkle. The, that was your innovation.
0: The, the, exactly. I brought that to it. You know, the good news is that so often when we do the podcast, since the stay at home order, since we've all been recording from at home, because um, I sit in a chair on my treadmill, and by the time we're done recording, my hips ache so badly. Um, but the well, good that's news over. is. Yeah, no, because my hips are um, uh, on the floor Across beside the, the treadmill yeah. now. Yeah. So. Yeah. In a way, well, that's probably good Thank use. heaven for
2: small blessings. You know, Paula, I hate to put it to you this way, but um, r- real magicians don't actually saw people in half.
0: That's not true.
2: Yeah, it's a trick, <laughs> Paula. Usually it's done by having uh, somebody cram themselves in one side of the box and have a second person stick their feet out of the other side of the box. They're all crammed in there. But so when they saw you in half, there's it's actually two people that you're seeing. That way, that way, you have the legs on one side and the head on the other.
0: That's ridiculous. That's that's
2: no. That's that's. I I after you've devoted so much of your time and livelihood to doing this, uh, I hate to, to to break it to you, but that's that's in fact how the trick is done.
0: Huh? But that's a trick. They're doing a trick. This <laughs> that's was true enough. Yeah. This this was you know, not a trick.
2: Let's uh let's gracefully segue as you as you bleed out uh to to welcome yeah. the rest of our our staff here hold today. On, hold on just a um, minute.
0: Don't drink that. Do not drink that. Get away from there. See
2: Oh god. <laughs> hey uh producer Tony Anita Hulk uh from her apartment in Studio City. How you doing? Yes. What, what's doing new in your life? Mine. We're desperate for something new. Tell us something new.
1: Um I'm Rewatching all of the Marvel movies.
2: <laughs> oh, oh my god! All of them.
1: Yeah. And Why? what order
2: are you doing them in?
1: Um. Okay. There are two questions. I'm doing them just however I feel. I want to watch okay. them, and because I, I enjoy watching them.
2: Excellent.
0: There, there were one or two that were worth watching. Right, which one have you most recently watched, Tony?
1: Um. Thor Ragnarok.
2: Oh, that's a terrific one!
1: It is. That is a great
2: one. Super funny.
1: Mm. Yeah, mm. I thought of you guys when I watched Age of Ultron, though.
2: Why did you? Oh, because and we we reviewed that one, you guys didn't reviewed
1: we? Reviewed it, yeah. And every yeah, time I see Jeremy, Redder, a bad one. I think of Paula. Yeah. So,
0: uh, you know, I oh, he's the guy. He's the guy with the arrows, right? The useless, yes. <laughs> the useless hero, yes. hero. with the arrows. Yeah, yeah. They have a new guy um that, that that sort of rivals him in terms of power which is there's a guy with a dustbuster
1: <laughs>
0: and a dustbuster yeah he would just come upon like a villain and just clamp that dustbuster on the villain's cheek and suck the shit out of that guy's cheek <laughs> you know until what's until, his uh,
2: superhero name
0: until the battery runs down uh uh, uh sucky
2: Sucky, sucky. <laughs> wow, sucky, um, the superhero. All right, boy, you, Paula, you were one of the chattiest recent multiple amputees I've ever met. Um, let's move on. Um, well, you know what I'm burns. doing
0: is I'm pushing. What? You know, I'm I found the pressure point, and I'm just pressing, and it seems to be cutting off a lot of the bleeding.
2: Now is is that pressure point the entire middle half of your body?
0: Yeah, i have just kind of clamped. And, well, I also was smart enough to, um, in case something went wrong, which it didn't, but I also have a hefty bag that I've tied around myself.
2: Oh, well, that's uh, that's a lovely image. Uh, Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle. This is the first time I've ever wanted to segue (laughs) to you, but I deeply want to. Hold um, on a
3: minute, because I didn't really have this handy, but... You know, I don't you want could you to feel like you're missing out.
2: Man. Uh, you could just as easily not do that, Bonnie. But anyway, what <laughs> what's new with you in your life?
3: You know what's really interesting? I didn't think I had anything to talk about, and now my head's yeah, that's a swirl never stopped you in the with past
2: <laughs> to
3: bring up based on where we are right now in the show. Well, your head is a swirl.
0: Wait, you- is that what you said? It's a swirl. It's funny that your head is a swirl because
3: my blood <laughs> is a swirl well one you know one thing that occurred to me is can you still work with no legs yeah i can (laughs) i can as a stand-up
0: comic um well first of all uh, you know my job is gone now because people can't gather in crowds probably for a couple of years right i know but when we go back I think by then...
2: You're going to have to be a, a sit-down comic. We got, we're going to get you a skateboard or something, Paula. You'll be I fine, think, No, I, I think I will um, be fine.
0: I <laughs> think that, you know, with with some physical therapy...
3: <laughs> <laughs> I and just... then I was impressed that Paula knew Marvel movies, besides the one that you reviewed, because, you know, I brought up Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, and she'd never even watched those. You, do you know why? Uh, wait. I, I, okay,
2: because wait, those... wait, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, You're surprised Paula watched any movies that weren't the ones that you recommended to her?
3: No, I'm just saying, no. What I'm saying is, she'd watched contemporary movies and she knew them. When I've brought up Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, and she was unfamiliar with those shows.
2: Why would her not watching Curb Your Enthusiasm have anything to do with the Marvel movies?
3: I, it's nuance, Adam. Don't you? Uh, no. I no, it's not nuance. That that's not nuance.
2: Anyway, Bonnie, <laughs> we were going to get to something that's new in your life, right?
3: No, no I'm just I, saying. So I could, I could mention that or I could tell you that like then Tony said that that's what she'd been doing, Marvel movies. No offense, Tony, I don't think that's that exciting. So I could say, which is pretty boring in my life, it shows you what's been going on, that my excitement for this week is looking forward to Survivor has a big two-hour finale tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that.
2: Okay, so there's nothing new in your life, but you still managed to, to take a shot at Tony.
3: Tony, why why shit on her like that? No, but that's the state she's gotten to. So there you have it. Yeah.
0: You know, speaking of shitting on someone, do you know that? (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's the worst segue ever, Poundstone. Do you
0: know that after you cut yourself in half, your bowels just
2: release? Okay. There's an image. Yeah, wow. This, I thought this show couldn't get any worse. And Lordy Lordy, there it just. Why, did, did, you, did um. you know
3: that already? Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I yes, think is strange,
0: Bunny? Yes. Is that I know that about your bowels releasing, but I
2: never saw Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is peculiar. I wouldn't think that you would know that and, and still not have seen Seinfeld. Yeah. All right. Let's um. Let's see if we can move on. Uh, uh. Adam, I have I have a word. Oh, you do. Is your word by chance bisection?
0: No, I'm in a. I'm in like my. I have this a big week's
2: he- word is bisection. It's the act of cutting yourself in half.
0: I right now I have a hefty bag uh, around. Where I'm leaking and so that my liver just shot to the bottom of the hefty bag. I'll be able to get
2: that and put it back in. Yeah, you'll be able to get that. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I have some, you know, I have gaffer's tape. I'm not without supplies. That's what I'm saying.
2: No, you're a resourceful woman. You really are. I am. Uh, So what's your word, It uh, is uh, our
0: lucky night, Adam. I have a word and it's cavil. It's a verb that means make trivial complaints or objections. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. The protesters who cavil over wearing masks probably won't enjoy being intubated at all.
2: (laughs) I like Uh, it. Kind of a COVID nineteen example. Great.
0: It it is. It is. There's a, a. There's an inner lining lesson there. I. By the way, I saw a tweet from another nobody saying that they heard someone on ESPN use a word that our nobody knew from my vocabulary song. So. What word is that? You know what? I've forgotten what word it was, Uh, and I I tried to find it, but I couldn't. (laughs) I just remember feeling so proud.
2: Um, Yeah, you should be.
0: uh, Yeah. All right. Let's see here. All right. Let the education continue. This week's word is cavil. It's a verb that means make trivial complaints or objections. I don't want a condom on my boyfriend's erections. Last week's word wasn't your... It's a verb that means become used to something, especially something unpleasant, like not being in school to say present. Uh, The week before that we had PELF. It's a noun that means money, especially when gained dishonestly. There's probably a slice for Hannity. Going back before that we had a Super Bowl. It's an adjective that means impossible to overcome. That can make a person glum. And not long ago we had nonplussed. It's an adjective that means surprised and confused and not knowing how to react. Might describe me if Trump said a fact. Let's never forget go limb ma free it's a noun that means confused jumble medley of things hodgepodge hoots podge
2: who's podge
0: adam doesn't think my song is replicable 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 but i do i do i do
3: yay all right yay! um <laughs>
2: Paula, I'm going to need to back this truck up a little bit here. Um, yeah,
0: it's actually Galamoffrey. That's what it is, Galamoffrey. It's Gallimaufry. I've that's been saying not, it that's wrong. That's
2: true. Yeah. Can we go back to the new uh, verse about cavil? Cavil. <laughs> yeah. It means trivial complaints or objections, and yeah. you tagged it with "I don't want a condom on my boyfriend's erection." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Uh, I don't see that as um, necessarily accurate to your life, nor an example of a cavil.
0: Well, it's, um, it is a good example of a cavil because, you know, people don't use protection because it's a, it's a trivial complaint, uh, you know, and then they are pregnant. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I see.
2: Essentially, you're saying that people who don't like condoms and don't use them are not using them because of a cavil.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you were unclear about that? You know what, Adam? Oh, yeah. Let me just do this yes. for you. Um, okay. Uh, this week's word is cavil. It's a verb that means make trivial complaints or objections. I don't want to condom on my boyfriend's erections. There. Does that help you?
2: It was exactly what you did before.
0: <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, you know, Adam, it's the repetition.
2: It's definitely the repetition.
0: <laughs> That's what's helping people. I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's like a, a tsunami of people, but people do write to me on Twitter and say, oh, I learned this word from your song, or I heard this word in a press conference and I knew what it meant because of your song. Not a Trump press conference, but at a somebody who speaks with a, a, a little higher vocabulary level. And, uh, sure. I, yeah. you know, it
2: always makes me feel so good. Yeah, well, I, I can see why. I mean, it's sweeping the nation, one dusty corner at a time. Hey, uh, nobody's every Friday at five p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. French Trump is holding his weekly press conference. I just wanted to remind everybody to be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts or at Paula Poundstone dot com.
0: That is correct. I have the French hey. the, the French Trump presidential press conference.
1: Rolls.
0: Uh, Every Friday is very informative. Uh, uh, The press asks me questions and I answer them. And uh, it's very helpful for the American public to get the information that I share on my French Trump presidential press conference.
2: (laughs) All right, everybody, coming up. Detroit Tiger Hall of Fame announcer Ernie Harwell said, in radio, they say nothing happens until the announcer says it happens. I'm here to say the White Sox play-by-play man, Jason Benetti, will teach Paula how to be a baseball announcer. That's going to happen when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know... A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good.
0: I ordered the brushed, Wyatt Earp said, I'm the law around here. My name's Wyatt Earp. Excuse me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. House band Corey Springhorn. Oh, my. Thanks, Corey. Terrific. Now, Paula, um, performance venues are closed, and that, uh, I understand, makes things tough for a comedian. It's a huge problem because...
0: That's how I was making my living, talking to people gathered in large groups. So I'm looking for a new job. And the thought occurred to me that I like to talk. So maybe I could be a baseball announcer. Really, The question for me is, could could I do a play-by-play?
2: Well, Paula, fortunately, we have one of the best play-by-play broadcasters in the country with us on the phone. He can tell you whether you could actually do the job. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about a train engineer? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore a career as a baseball play-by-play announcer. Here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the stressful, high-stakes world of baseball broadcasting is the play-by-play man for the Chicago White Sox. Please welcome Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason. Bonetti! Bonetti, Bonetti, Bonetti. Bonetti.
0: (laughs) Thanks for being here, Jason.
4: I feel like we're in a cavern with the echo. It's not going to be great for the acoustics for doing the game, but I'm excited to be here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's great to have you, Jason. Uh, First things first... What do you think is the, the key skill that Paula's going to need to make it as a play-by-play announcer?
4: So the key skill, and this is why I actually think Paula could do this job, at least on the surface. Now, we'll, we'll delve deeper, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. But the, the key to being a good baseball announcer is being somebody who can weave stories in and out of action. So one of the things that you have to do is, is start to tell a story about a player, about a team, about a manager, about whatever, and then you're interrupted by a pitch. And sometimes you say things like, the 3-1, or the 2-2, two two, or fouled away, and then you jump right back into your story. So I actually <laughs> think Paula, in the job that she can't do right now, which again, you, you've chosen something that also isn't existing at this point, but I hope that, that it will very soon, yeah. uh, as a storyteller, as a, a comic, I actually think there's some crossover here.
0: Wow, huh. that's good news. Now, is there a difference between a play-by-play announcer and a color commentary person?
4: Uh, yeah, selfishly, I would say you don't want to be the, the color commentary person. Uh, number one, you, you mostly have to have played the game or managed the game or coached the game oh. uh, because you have to break down why things are happening. So if somebody steals second base, you have to mention that they got a little bit larger of a lead over at first base and got a head start, or that they threw that curveball because they started with the slider and then set up with the fastball. It's very intricate and detail-y, and uh, it's not nearly as fun as doing play-by-play, but the color analyst is usually somebody who'd played the game. The play-by-play announcer typically is more uh, journalist-like and somebody who more often than not didn't play the game.
2: I see. Did you play the game?
4: Uh, no, I play the game on Nintendo, uh, yeah. is as far as I got. <laughs> so, yes.
0: All right. So, Jason, it's a work day for you. There's a game. Step by step, what do you do?
4: Uh, the... <laughs> The the average workday for me, uh, get up in the morning, do some research on the team that we're going to see that day. Uh, I have some notes on my computer that I refer to, and then and then read some stories from either our newspapers or the newspapers uh, of the other the other team, and then go to lunch, grab lunch real quick, which is a, a perk of the job is is eating. Uh, then I get in the. <laughs> That's that's it's huge. Uh, I, I, I joke about it, but actually, as a TV crew, sometimes we'll go together and we'll talk about the open and what we're going to do that night. Um, so we actually do some work at the at lunch. But uh, about we
0: don't two, eat at the
4: ballpark. Uh, well, well, I would like to say we eat the same food as the fans do, but our food is typically worse and we don't have like Italian sausage. We have like a cafeteria sort of thing in the press box. Nice. Does that sound appealing?
0: I yeah, I mean I know that Dodger dogs are are like an arm and a leg
4: now. They're they're actually made of an arm and a leg? Or no, is that no? Well they're, not,
0: they're made of a pig's arm and a leg. But no, I know that they're the food has gotten very pricey over the years, even though it's junk food.
4: Uh, yeah, but that said, there are some ballparks which have like uh higher end stuff as well. But yeah. I just miss ballpark food. Can you tell? Like, I just want yeah, to be in a ballpark right now. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> yeah. you.
0: All right. Okay, so you had your lunch, and you, yeah. and you talked over with your crew what you were going to do?
4: Yeah, we talked about, like, what we're going to do in the open that day, uh, then go to the ballpark, uh, put my stuff down in the booth, fill out my lineup card, and then typically... Wait a
0: minute. What's a lineup card?
4: Okay, all right, I'll double back. Uh, I have a sheet of uh, paper that's got um, nine slots in it for who's playing that night, and then I'll write out each of the players' names in order, in the batting order, uh, that the managers each decide, and then I'll write notes in the little slots on that paper, uh, sort of to jog my memory about stories and things that I want to talk about that night. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got that in front of me during the game. Then I go down to the clubhouse, the locker room essentially, and chat with some of the players, questions that I have from the night before, uh, things that popped up in my research, just joking around a little bit, anything. Are, Are all of them willing to talk to you? Uh, most of them are willing to talk. Uh, it, it's just, it's not like a very lengthy process of like 10, 15 minutes. It's just, right. I've got this question or that question. I try to get in and out as quickly as possible so as to not occupy their time more than I need to, because there gotcha. are other media members who ask longer questions, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I just like to be around and sort of observe. And if something interesting pops up, then I'll tell that as a story that night or later.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you speak Spanish or do you have a translator for, I know a lot of the uh, players don't necessarily speak English.
4: Yeah, I have. I speak a little Spanish. I speak enough to get me into trouble, essentially. I mean, I took it in, in <laughs> high school and college. But the working sort of baseball Spanish, I picked up a little bit over the course of time, but that's something I wish I was better at. We do have a, an interpreter with the White Sox who travels with us everywhere. Billy Russo is his name. He is invaluable in terms of helping communicate.
0: Cool. With so if Billy Russo isn't with you, you're stuck asking the second baseman if he has a pencil. Is that correct? Uh, pretty
4: much. <laughs> pretty, pretty much the translation is an issue. And yeah, I, it's, it's unquestionably a problem.
0: Yeah. Or telling him that his, uh, pillow, estás muy bien, that he has very good hair.
2: Asking where the library is. That's a common question for football <laughs> players. If you don't really speak Spanish. Um, all right. So you, uh, you chat with the players and then you head back up to the booth. Yeah, chat with the players, coaches,
4: uh, go back up to the booth, uh, eat again. Let me ask weird. you something.
2: When you chat, <laughs> Jason,
0: with the... I, I'm always struck by this when I watch, like, coverage on television or or hear an interview with a player before a game because they always say stuff like, what do you hope to do out there tonight? And the, yeah. and the player always says something scint- scintillating, like, we've come to play and we're going to get out there and play.
2: Okay, I, now uh, I'm going to guess that open disdain for players is something that a play-by-play announcer doesn't want, right? Yeah, dripping hatred. Uh, <laughs> I would probably cut out.
0: Oh, no, Jason, I'm holding, I'm holding both the player and the interviewer responsible for these kinds of interviews uh, because they all. It's always, it's always. It's and then they talk about it after the game if they lost, and they go to that you know, the press thing where they have the
2: conference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they
0: said, well, what happened? Well, we just didn't win.
2: I, uh, this is falling I, apart
4: well what I was going to say is I have this list of things to teach Paula and I have a uh, belief that you're intellectually superior to all subjects on the list and so I'm glad we got to that about 10 minutes in here no no, no I, I I'm glad you said it actually because those types of questions are things that I stringently avoid I ask questions for specific information like we have a player uh, whose mom was an actress and at one point we were just talking about it back and forth and I had asked I think what roles she was up for in the past and she was gonna have Madonna's role in a league of their own Uh, but she, she was in like a Wes Craven pilot for one of the networks and couldn't get out of the deal. Uh, her name's uh, Lindsay Frost. So Madonna ended up getting the a league of their own uh, spot. And so that's the type of thing that I'm much more interested in, rather than like, why didn't you win the Sports Ball tonight?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. So you're back in the booth, right. and uh, you announce the game. Oh, you eat again, and then eat you eat again. Then the ga-
4: yeah. Yeah, got to eat again. Uh, but then, yeah, we announced the game. We, t- we typically tape our open. So when you see us on camera saying, welcome to the ballpark, we'll tape that about half an hour before the game just to have it in the can in case something bizarre happens. Because you got you to gotta worry about timing because you never want to come on the air when the national anthem is on. Mm-hmm. Because then you have that awkward thing where you're like, hey, welcome to the and it's like, oh, say, can you see in between your words? And it seems really uh, uncomfortable that you'd be talking over the anthem. So we tape that and then we sit down. Steve Stone, my broadcast partner and I, we sit and, and do the game and, and tell stories and have fun and smile.
0: All right. You know what? There's a terrible thing that's just happened. But um, my... Uh, there's a hole in my hefty bag. No, hold on. it. <laughs>
2: Okay, now I should probably uh, catch uh, Jason up. Um, Paula sawed herself in half in the first act of this podcast. Um, is that going to be a problem as a play-by-play announcer? Uh, does she have working use of her mouth and face?
4: Uh, the mouth never stops. How's your face, Paula? Uh,
0: my face is good. My face
4: is absolutely <laughs> <laughs> So then we'll just we'll shoot the – I mean, the, the on-camera is basically waist up, so we'll just shoot it that way. You're fine.
2: Walk it off. <laughs>
4: Nobody, well, the other half will have to walk it off, right? I, <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Well,
0: uh, yeah. You know, that could be a good thing, like, because baseball can be a little slow sometimes. And so that might be a good thing if just nothing is happening and the backstory on every player has been told. And no, none of the fans, in, well, there are no fans in the stands right now, anyways. Um, so maybe there'll just come a time. <laughs> where I just turn to my broadcast partner and I say, you know, I sawed myself in half or, or yeah. yeah, cause baseball is a little slow. Does that like, do you ever lose your focus because of that?
4: I, I, I think we all do. Absolutely. There are moments where it's a nine to one game in the seventh inning and we're talking about who knows what, and I look down at my scorebook, and there are two boxes empty, and I don't know what the the other player did. So I will like motion over to Steve, and he'll say either say on the air what had happened in a way that you don't realize he's telling me what I missed, uh, and we'll kind of do that back and forth a little.
0: Oh, that's so great! He'll say now, stu- he'll say stuff like the White Sox are playing the Yankees.
4: Right. Right. Or he'll say like, well, if you just joined us for this inning, it started with a double and then there was a strikeout looking and I'll feverishly write down what he was saying (laughs) because I forgot.
0: Okay. Back up, Jason, a strikeout looking. What
4: does that mean? Uh, it is. So there are three strikes (laughs) for each batter. I, I felt really, I felt really good about your prospect. And now I've sort of backslid, uh, is-
0: <laughs> no, I gather that three strikes and you're out. I get that part. But yeah. strikeout looking. I don't know what that means.
2: Looking.
4: So if if you if the third strike was thrown to you and you didn't swing,
2: you've struck out looking. Oh. Because you just looked at the pitch going by you.
0: I thought it was that the pitcher was coming on to the batter. What? <laughs> and the batter didn't respond, and that's a strikeout looking.
2: That rarely happens. (laughs) Oh, oh, I I see what I see what you're saying. The batter didn't respond. Or maybe the batter is transfixed, um, uh, you know, by that. Come on.
0: I like it that you said that rarely happens, that you didn't eliminate the possibility of it ever happening. (laughs) Why would you? Yeah,
2: (laughs) rarely. That's why you go to a baseball
4: game. You got to learn the old cliche. You go to a baseball game because something new happens every day. If you say that three times a telecast, people will think you're a baseball announcer for sure.
0: Oh, oh, is that what they say? Um, one of my favorite baseball moments was, and the announcer was what was great about it. They did a father and son game. I'm from Massachusetts. And so I used to watch the Red Sox. And And um, they were doing a father and son game. And they put a little diamond inside the big diamond for the kids to run on. And there was a player back then, it was before you were born, there was a player back then named Carlton Fisk. And uh, yeah,
4: and if he uh, played for the White Sox too. I know Carlton.
0: Oh, I didn't know. Well, he, his a catcher, his kid was like two years old, and he's out there in like a diaper, and <laughs> they gave him one of those big plastic red bats where the top of the bat gets ex- very, very big, and um, so I think he hit the ball by himself actually, but he the concept of running the bases was foreign to him, and so. He just hit the ball and he dropped his little red bat and he just started walking. And the play-by-play guy, uh, when he would (laughs) say what was happening, he would say, uh, 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 man on first and left field, Uh, which I just loved, man on second and center. He just, the kid never came to the bases. (laughs) (laughs)
2: and that's the kind of story you could tell during your broadcast yeah you would just have to punctuate it with balls and strikes and stuff
0: yeah yeah Uh, right Right, Jason. all right so i would say he said man on first and left field and then i would go uh uh strike the pitch yeah there's the pitch there's the pitch because they always talk like that it doesn't sound like you talk like that but usually they go there's
2: the pitch I can
4: if you if you want me to talk like that. I'd be happy to do
2: it. <laughs> well, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, um, Vince Scully made this memorable call. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. He wasn't talking about the election of Donald Trump, but rather Kirk Gibson's World Series walk-off home run. We'll see if Paula can create memorable moments in the announcer's booth when we come back. <laughs> The Cat of the Week is Ralph from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And we're back, everybody, with White Sox play-by-play announcer Jason (laughs) Bonetti. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. (laughs) Hey, speaking of signature sounds, um, you know, Paula's going to need a home run call, isn't she, Jason? oh absolutely
4: so think of the best uh interjection exclamation that you can possibly think of that may or may not be appropriate for a mass audience and when the ball goes over the wall just scream it as loudly as possible
2: what's yours
4: i actually i don't have a home run call the oh, guy I got who, one for you I oh you it. do what is it
0: yeah i got it from tony hall one of our producers holy fuck balls <laughs> Um, Holy fuck balls, Paula. Yeah, you don't have to say it out. You ju- HFB!
2: <laughs> HFB! Oh. HFB is gone. <laughs> yeah, Jack. <laughs> I kind of like it.
0: And then later, when the Senate Judiciary Committee asked you about it, pretend that that's not what it
4: means. Holy fuck. Right. Pretend that right. It means
0: something else. Um,
2: Hammer
4: from beyond or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Hammer from
2: right. beyond. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, have you just decided never to have a home run call? Do you just uh, what's your reasoning behind? I'm not going to have a signature home run call, Jason.
4: Yeah, I never really had one. Uh, And the guy who I replaced here in Chicago, named Ken Harrelson Hawk, uh, had this great. He had like the best uh, home run call in the history of the world. Uh, He he yelled, "You can put it on the board, yes." And it's this iconic big thing. And he's a Hall of Famer. And there's no way like that I should start sparring with you can put it on the board yes because it's perfect
0: yeah right yeah that makes sense yeah yeah that's a lot of pressure <laughs> a lot of pressure for,
2: for hfB <laughs> yeah how about call the widow because that ball is gone I've <laughs> got <laughs> kind of personifies the ball a little bit you can have that one Jason if you want it Thank you. Can I have all of these and just try them out, workshop them?
0: Yeah. 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 Um, maybe uh, it should be uh, uh, get a lawyer because there's a pedestrian with a concussion right now. Uh,
2: yeah. That seems very practical. <laughs> yeah, Some lucky fan is going like home with a concussion.
0: Yeah. It's, all right. So here's what the call is. Better call Saul.
4: i like that we're taking the tort suit angle to baseball this is good this is good yeah yeah yeah. i think there's
0: a lot there you know um there's sometimes an insincere quality i think about and i would never be like that um years ago we were on our way into a a baseball game okay it was a guy with a, a hot dog cart it wasn't a an announcer but he was saying, this is a Red Sox game, and Freddie Lynn was the was the very popular, successful player at that time. So we're on our sure. way to the game, and the guy says, get your Freddie Lynn dogs. Freddie Lynn dogs here. Get your Freddie Lynn dogs. And we we walk past, and we go into the game. And, and Fred Lynn didn't have a particularly good game. It was okay, but it wasn't good. And Carlton Fisk, on the other hand, maybe got like a triple or something. It wasn't really a high-scoring game that day. And uh, not Carlton vest, excuse me, Cecil Cooper. Cecil Cooper. Okay. So now we're on the way out of the, past the same hot dog salesman, he says, Cecil Cooper dogs, here, get your Cecil Cooper.
2: <laughs> Is that
0: true? <laughs> yeah, it's always meant something to me too. Just that, you know, that's how quickly things turn.
4: Yeah, well, well, in the process of telling that story, I'm once again struck by the fact that I think you could be a really good play-by-play announcer because that was a remarkable story and hilarious. But also you did something that baseball announcers like to do. They very definitively say that it was somebody who was involved in the story. Then like 10 words later, they say, no, 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 it was Cecil Cooper. Like, that's, that's a perfect baseball announcer thing that you just did.
2: I've heard that a million times. You're absolutely right.
0: So you go like, Reggie Smith, it's a homer. Better call Saul. That ball's hitting a pedestrian. Wait a minute. That's that's not Reggie Smith. And you know what? And it, it wasn't a homer. He made it to second. Would that be the sort of thing you're talking about?
4: <laughs> that's a really good start. And the other thing I would say is you have to begin a story like that with, I'll never forget it. <laughs> like, oh, uh, July 17th, I'll never forget it. And then like three of the players change in the middle of the story.
2: Yeah. You know who was a master of that was uh, the great Yankee, Phil Rizzuto. That guy would get lost in his own stories for what would seem like 10 minutes. Wait a minute. Phil Rizzuto, what did he have to do with baseball? Well, he was a Yankee player. He's a shortstop, he uh, won a bunch of um, championships and uh, eventually became uh, an announcer for the New York Yankees.
0: I didn't know that. I used to see him in commercials for a thing called the money store.
2: Yeah, that's why he was in those commercials because he was a famous <laughs> baseball player, Paula.
0: What does that have to do with the money store? I'm Phil Rizzuto for the money store. I remember that.
2: <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to answer that question. Hey, Jason. Well, how does um, anybody
0: know he played baseball with the uh okay, wait, okay, Jason. All right. You so- just you, wait, do you
2: think that he
4: just came up the money store ranks?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> All right. he was in Double A Money Store, and then hit it big. He, <laughs> it didn't occur to you that he was saying his name out loud because it was a famous name.
0: All right, so here's how it will go, Jason. It will go, yeah. and there's the pitch, uh, swing, and a miss. Uh, I just found out recently that Phil Rizzuto played baseball. I, I, don't know him. I only know him. i only know him from the money store. Another pitch, so. another swing and a miss.
4: <laughs> That's it. You did it. That's perfect. That's oh, honestly really good it. And there's yeah. the uh,
0: third pitch and it's a uh, looking strike. Isn't that, what was the thing you told me before?
4: <laughs> you, you got it.
0: Yeah. I tell you what, if you looked at Phil Rizzuto, you know what he'd see? The guy from the money store.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Jason, I want to <laughs> get back to a world in which we're asking you actual questions. Yeah, and well, uh, you know. so let me ask you: um, Have you ever uh, pissed off a player? Like, do you have any feuds? Uh, do I have any feuds? Have you made people mad with your announcing?
4: Not a whole lot. I mean, I remember the first year I was in the minors in AAA, A. I had it was it was really benign. I thought I I said there was a runner at first and a catcher was up. And I said, well, he's looking to avoid a double play here. And then I went down to the clubhouse the next day and the guy basically said to me like, oh, you think that's all I can do is avoid a double play? As though I should have said, like, he's really striving to hit a home run here. And, and he's right. Like, it's not like he went up there and he was like, please don't let me get two outs. But right. it was a pretty benign thing, but players do listen all the time. Like there are, there are moments where players will come up and sort of jokingly be like, oh, why'd you jinx me? Or Because the, the really? jinx is a big thing. Paula, you got you to gotta learn that if uh, even if you're just doing your job and you say that there's a no-hitter through five innings, like the, the pitcher's not giving up a hit, mm-hmm. if the next half inning a player gets a hit, you will be blamed on Twitter for days on end. So you have to bring up a no hitter
0: because you jinxed the pitcher.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So you actually, you have to uh, believe in the occult. I forgot about this to be a play by play announcer because you have to believe that you can actually control the game in front of you with either your mind or your pen or something.
0: Have you ever, um, while you were in the booth, mistakenly patted your head and tapped your foot three times while um, waving a black feather over your head and then a guy got out?
4: Uh, I, you know, it was a white feather and it was only twice, but you (laughs) nailed it. I mean.
2: (laughs) They're extremely superstitious bunch. I don't know of any other sport where both the players and the fans are so superstitious, right?
4: People have, like, like a chair that they sit in to make sure the team wins or, like, they, they always get the same curly fries in the same inning if something went well. I mean, it absolutely happens like that. It's wild.
0: Wow. Yeah. Huh. Um, are you always on the lookout for new adjectives?
4: Uh, I like new words. I absolutely like new words. Since I since I don't do radio as much as TV, I'm not as descriptive. Like, TV is a lot of storytelling and talking to your partner and riffing like we were talking about. But uh, when I do radio especially, like, I'm absolutely always looking out for new words. Uh, do you have some?
2: No, I don't. You have I, no I new words. Paula, you have a vocabulary song that you sing every week on this show. That's a good point, Adam. I don't know if
0: you guys can hear my My dog outside barking. Um, It's because a neighbor just hit a homer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. uh, Here's one, Jason. Uh, The Yankees uh, are up five runs and we're in the seventh inning. That could be insuperable for the White Sox. Uh, It's an adjective that means impossible to overcome. In
4: Super Bowl. Oh. Uh, I, I actually think in Super Bowl is a good home run call.
0: Oh, impossible to overcome. Oh, that's a good idea. Better call Saul. That one is in Super Bowl. Yeah.
2: Okay. I love it. <laughs> All right, J- Jason, I want I want you to prep Paula for a game. It's game day you've fallen down a well, you I'm can't not- make it to the stadium. Paula Poundstone happens upon that well um, and ta- And you tell her, Paula, you got to go do the game.
4: And so, okay. So here's what I would say. Uh, it, let yourself go with wherever the story goes, whether it's the story of the game, the story you're telling, the thing that's difficult for fans to listen to, I think is when you jump around a bunch of different places and you start to tell this story and then you started talking about this thing and you start doing this and you start doing that. And so I would say if you have something in your mind that you want to tell as a story, like the the Fred Lynn story you were talking about with the hot dog vendor or whatever it might be, go that direction. And then number two, if you don't have anything to say right then, feel free to pause on TV announcers uh, tend to talk a little bit too much. And if you're watching a game at home, sometimes it's really nice for a couple pitches just for you to gather your breath, but the audience as well, to just take it in and let the game breathe. So I would say, follow your heart where the story's going. And then also don't be afraid to let the game breathe and and just pause. And, And I think if you do that, plus listen to your partner, just play off what your partner's saying, ask questions of your partner, do it in sort of a camaraderie based way people are going to have a really um entertaining time as they listen to you do a baseball game paula poundstone
2: wow speaking of that's fantastic advice but but how could paula poundstone break into this jason is there a a scenario in which paula poundstone gets to announce some of a baseball game
4: well i think what we should do is start her off in the low minors so like butte montana uh no no here's what here's honestly now that you say that adam I think it would be great fun when baseball starts up again and we can have people in stadiums, if Paula, and I don't know how you do this on this segment of the show. And I don't know if Paula ever gets to do the jobs, but I would love for Paula to be a play-by-play announcer on a White Sox telecast and oh join us
2: <laughs> and show what she's learned.
0: Well, That's yeah, fantastic. That, would be, that would be so Could, much fun.
2: If you could make that happen, that would be that would just be the greatest thing. I would I'm making it happen right now.
4: I, I want it to happen very badly. So when we have people back in the park and you're here in Chicago for whatever it might be, whether it's wait, wait, whatever it is, I want to do this. This is your invitation.
2: That's great.
0: Sounds good, Jason. I'm there.
4: Here's what I would say about, about being a baseball play-by-play announcer, to one last piece of advice uh, that you just reminded me of, Paula. Uh, Making sure that the sincerity comes through, Uh, because people want to spend like 162 games with you. So like the fact that you're a fun person to hang around with makes me think that you will be amazing at this because when you're sincere, and when you say like, I want to do this, I think I think that comes through.
2: Wow. Well, that's a late breaking story. And our listeners should uh, stay tuned for we we will play that audio when Paula finally does an inning. uh, When baseball comes back, he's the play by play announcer for the Chicago White Sox and also calls games on ESPN and Fox Sports. Thank you for being on our show, Jason Bonetti. Thank you so much, Jason. (laughs) This was great having you.
4: This was awesome. It was an absolute joy for me. Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks, Jason, for helping Paula fill out her scorecard to figure out what she needs to announce baseball. Paula, what have you learned about being a baseball play-by-play announcer, and could you do that job?
0: House band Corey Springhorn, if I could get a little background music, I'll tell you what I learned today. I'm so threatened that Jason Bernetti the play-by-play announcer for the Chicago White Sox has invited me to go in the booth with him to announce a game. I won't let you down, Jason. I can practice everything you taught me. I don't know yet all of the names of the White Sox, so I'm gonna use my cats. All right. Brittle is at bat. There's a pitch. It's a swing and a miss. She does not look happy. She's kicking some kitty litter off her pop pads. You know, <laughs> I once interviewed play-by-play announcer Jason Bonetti. He was so charming. Another pitch, and Brittle popped it up. He told me. He once called a home run. But it wasn't a home run. Brittle goes down swinging it's back to the litter boxes. Next up, Hardy. <laughs> My dogs barked through the entire interview with Jason, but there was nothing I could do about it. HFB, better call Saul. So there's going to be a pedestrian with a goose egg on his cabeza. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Severus caught it. Hardy's out. He told me He told me. (laughs) He told me sometimes it's okay just not to talk. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. That was only for television. By the way, you said they eat a lot.
2: (laughs) Coming up, listener descriptions of our podcast. How do nobodies describe the ecosystem that is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone? Find out when we return. we're back <laughs> i can't stop doing that <laughs> thank you for, thank you houseman Corey springhorn Corey springhorn oh my god now wait a minute off. adam
0: answer the phone answer wait the phone. what
2: okay answer the phone uh, okay hello
0: hello adam am i the hundredth caller
2: uh no you're not your caller number what what tony is it 72 72 yep Wow! Okay. Oh, I'm
0: so disappointed. It's me, Glady Pilgrim, and I'm so Hi, excited that the Supreme Court is meeting over the
2: phone now. So okay, now am- uh, just so just so our listeners know, Gladie, uh Pilgrim has been calling lately. She's a um, a devoutly religious woman who claims that uh, uh, President Trump has tagged her to be the next Supreme Court appointee.
0: That is correct. I will be. Uh, President Trump's Supreme Court nominee. So very soon, uh, when I am on the Supreme Court, I will be able to work from home. Plus, for the first time, anyone can listen to the argument. So this has been so helpful to me. Uh, Now, they recently heard a case about executive privilege. Adam, can you help me practice asking questions?
2: Oh, you want to practice asking questions about... Uh, of the, as of, this, the, of yes.
0: the, the litigants, I think they're called. The people who are arguing.
2: Okay, so who With, am I going Supreme to be? The Supreme
0: Court asks them questions. Uh, it, we'll just, uh, you be uh, Big Justice Roberts. We'll pretend President Trump's lawyer has made his argument, and now you be the Big Justice Roberts and tell me it's my turn. Go ahead.
2: All right, um... Those are interesting executive privilege, uh, um, uh, arguments. Thank you, counsel. Uh, and now, um, uh, Justice Pilgrim, do you have any questions?
0: I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I was doing my dishes with Dawn dish soap. Wow, there's a little duck floating <laughs> in my sink right now, and don't my hands feel good?
2: Wait a minute. Gladie. Are, are. I have to ask you: Are you intending to use your Supreme Court uh, uh, now now that now that they're uh, being released on audio? Are you going to be selling time?
0: I I think you can, Yeah, because no, I'm I'm almost certain that
2: you cannot do personal endorsements on the Supreme Court during questioning of uh, uh, of counsel.
0: I I can hear them moving all around their apartments and their homes when I'm listening. And uh, one of them flushed while he was hooked up to the phone. And uh, so you could hear that. But so this is, you know, this new technology is opening things up. And so I'm going to be able to, uh, I'm going to be able to make a little extra money when I'm So on you're the not even
2: court. on the bench yet and you're scheming to, to use it as a, as a money-making scheme?
0: Well, you know, things are changing, Adam. Things are changing, and that's what the Lord wants. Who's your senator?
2: <laughs> my senator? Well, I've got two. We all, we all have two senators. I've got California's oh, two senators. Yeah, yeah. Kamala Harris and uh, uh, Feinstein, right?
0: I don't know. I, well, I want you to call your senator, Adam, and encourage them to uh, uh, approve of my nomination when it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you something, Adam. If you do that, uh, there could be a little dish soap money in it for you. Uh, and also, the other reason I'm calling Adam Felber is uh, I'm anxious to uh, be able to hang out with you after the game. So I'm gonna call uh,
2: back. <laughs> okay, bye, Gladie Pilgrim. Goodbye. Oh, Good talking
0: to you, Adam Felber.
2: Uh, thank you. Wow, Paula. Boy. Paula, that lady is fourteen carat nuts.
0: Our 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 Justice Department might not be on the right footing right now. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> something something tells me. All right, well let's uh, moving on, Paula. Um, yeah. You know uh, we have that website. Then when you go to the dot it's up. Yeah, yes. And when you go to PaulaPoundstone.com, uh, the one thing that's going to arrest your attention right away is that there's um quotes from our listeners about describing our show. And and yes. every time you load the page, there's a different quote. It's from one of our listeners. And the reason that this is happening is because you're really bad at describing what our show really is.
0: That's true. When I've done interviews and stuff and they say, oh, and you have a podcast, I say I do. Um it's called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And I have a, a partner, Adam Felber. And we have people and I'm, on... And I'm falling
2: asleep already. I'm falling asleep exactly. right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem. And so we went ahead and asked our listeners to submit Pythian grabbing the descriptions of the show. And they've just delivered in spades. And some of those descriptions are up on the website now. And now there's another a, uh, batch, as it were. Tony a hull? Are you there? Yes. yes.
0: Well, now Tony, you have a uh, new t- batch t-
2: of t- listener-supplied show descriptions.
0: Tony, are any of the uh, any of the descriptions uh, mentioning myself or my ruby sateen dress? They unfortunately
1: <laughs> do not, Mrs.
2: Culpepper. Oh, look at that, well, everybody! I it's don't... Mrs. Culpepper, one of our favorite resident hand puppets. I guess, Mrs. Culpepper, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm, well, I'm very, very fine, thank you for asking. Although I'm not enjoying the stay-at-home order in Paula Poundstone's house, I can tell you that right now. Oh,
2: you're she in doesn't... Paula's house.
0: <laughs> yes. I am I, I, you know uh when the when the virus struck, I uh, happened to be visiting and uh, and of course we were supposed to stay, uh, and so I have I've stayed because i I'm at risk, and i I haven't wanted to why uh, are you at uh, risk uh well i'm I'm elderly, and uh, that puts me in an at risk category, and I try very hard to be safe. Um uh, well, and, yeah, well, uh, we
2: all want we all want both you mrs Culpepper, and and, of course, your husband to remain safe during these very trying times, especially since you've seen a citizen,
0: Philba. my husband is no longer with me,
2: oh no, you guys broke up?
0: no, no, we did not. Our love is still very, very strong. He's passed away, Adam felber,
2: oh my God, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Culpepper, and well, once again, and I well, seem to accepting things. It,
0: it, it. It was what? Excuse me.
2: I said I. I seem to have really stepped in it this time. I, I. I didn't mean to bring up a painful memory. You can stop talking about it if you like.
0: Well, no. I. I I'll tell you. He. He passed away many, many years ago. So it's not a fresh wound. Uh, uh, he. He was a strong, uh, a strong and dedicated man, dedicated to his his country. Uh And. Uh,
2: So, I'm guessing if it wasn't a flesh root, I'm guessing it was uh, some disease, uh, something like cancer or heart disease, I'd imagine.
0: Oh, well, in fact, it was a tyrotoxism that he drank. Tyrotoxism? Yes, that's a poisoning uh, by uh, 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 cheese or other dairy products.
2: So, he drank a bad glass of milk?
0: No, it was a cheese. He had some cheese. Oh.
2: Oh. Well, that's uh, that's unfortunate, but uh, again, I'm deeply sorry for bringing it up.
0: It was the go to the got him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Mrs. Culpepper. Well, I'm sorry that you're also stuck at Paula's house, but with your permission, Mrs. Culpepper, we have to get to Tony Anita Hull's segment here.
0: Tony Anita Hull, so you have some
1: uh, descriptions for us. I do, I do. The first one is from Jeff Catherall. And he wrote in, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is a gallimaufry of solecisms designed to induce cataplexy leaving the listener nonplussed.
2: Oh, Ooh. my God. So I love Jeff that has, so much.
1: Jeff has
0: enlisted any number of our vocabulary words. Thank you, Jeff. My guess is he already know all of those words uh, even before well, we... uh, becoming a listener.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. But l- let's break it down, though, for our listeners who may not have done that all. Um, gallimoffrey Gallimofri is um, a hodgepodge.
0: It is a hodgepodge. And by the way, Gallimofri has been on our vocabulary song. It's the only word that I leave on every week. And it turns out last week, one of our listeners told us, I believe it was, that uh, I had been pronouncing it wrong the whole time. I used to Which say Which is glimophry. a bit of
2: a, a spot on our record, I, 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 would, uh, I would have to confess.
0: An otherwise very clean record.
2: Uh, yeah. And uh solicism. <laughs> uh solecism is, of course, a breach of good taste.
0: Yes, it's a it's a social faux pas, I believe, is solecism. And uh-huh. uh cataplexy is uh, an emotion that leaves one unable to move.
2: Right, like being transfixed by laughter, unable to move by laughter. Um, And then nonplussed is uh, a state of confusion that silences you.
0: Right. Where you don't know what to do. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And many people had been using nonplussed incorrectly, myself included. Uh, To mean uh, unimpressed. uh, Right. Exactly. Unmoved. Whereas, uh, And I actually think it, it worked better that way. But Jeff, that's a terrific description. Thank you so much. And, Once uh, <laughs> again, that description
2: is a, glimo- a gallimaufry of solipsisms designed to induce cataplexy, leaving the listener nonplussed. I, I absolutely love that. Amazing.
1: Uh, next, Paul um, Stevenson uh, wrote in, Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is the podcast that makes you go, What the fuck am I listening to right now? At least three <laughs> times an episode.
2: <laughs> okay. I think Paul... Um,
1: yeah. Although um,
0: not as verbally sophisticated, perhaps, as Jeff's description, I think Paul really nails it.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to say to Paul and all the other listeners, um, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because I I say it to myself and sometimes aloud more than three times per episode. Uh, Sometimes it's even edited out. Now, uh, uh, Tony, do you have any others?
1: I do. Um, Here's another one. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is an excuse for Paula Poundstone to let loose her free-willing genius and for Adam Felber's wife to get a little peace and quiet. May contain trace amounts of information. Guillaume Tardieu.
2: Okay. Wow, uh, wow.
1: But that you know, is... you know,
2: often people manage to take a swipe at me by um, mentioning your little sobriquet, Paula, that I am on every show. But I, I feel like Guillaume goes a little farther on this one.
0: He's, I, I you know, I am so happy for your wife um,
2: for getting a little I, peace uh, and quiet.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, this is an excellent. This is an excellent description. I I'm not sure that I can claim to have freewheeling genius, but I like it. Uh, that how do you say his name? Do you think Guillaume?
2: I'm gonna go with Guillaume Tardieu, but but it's I don't Tardu? know. I, I, Guillaume. I'm just thinking of it, I, I I just think of him as Billy T. Uh no. but I, I I got to say Billy T, um that's a little insulting. And I and I do want to point out that like although I do get frustrated with Paula occasionally and um certainly with Bonnie Burns more or less all the time, uh, that's not how I live my life. I'm not Wait, I'm me. not an angry guy. Is what I'm saying.
0: Oh. Huh. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I, on the other hand, I, I love the idea that you believe I'm a, f- a freewheeling genius. That's good. I'm going to use yeah, that. One, the of us next a get... one of us got called a genius,
2: and one of us got called an annoyance even to his own wife. So that's fucking great. <laughs> that. no, the,
0: next, the, the next time I get pulled over driving, uh, and the guy says, can I see your license and registration? I'm going to say, no, but I'm a freewheeling genius. Ask Guillaume Tardieu. <laughs>
2: And I'm going to say take me a l- take me away officer it'll give my wife a break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, is there another one, Tony? We've got one more. It's from Rachel Glenn. Uh, okay. amazing life advice with the best visual gags you will never see.
2: Wow, I like that, Rachel. Ooh. And you know what? In some ways, even though we've done some ma- amazing visual things on the show, um Today, we really proved Rachel's point. She was prescient because um, Paula sawed herself in half and nobody saw it.
0: <laughs> I did. I, You know, I only have two hands. And of course, one of them I had to saw with and the other one was shackled to the inside of the box. Or I yeah. would have uh, videotaped for you this uh, experience because it
2: was amazing. And, it, and it excruciating amazing. at the same time, right?
0: Well, yes, I'm still in a good deal of pain. But, you know, uh, I'm trying to toughen (laughs) up overall. I'm just trying to toughen up. You know, I think I used to indulge in in too much, you know, self-pity and the like. And now as the world brings on more challenges, I'm just trying to I'm trying to toughen myself up so that I so that I'm, you know. I'm not well, I think sawing meat, yourself meaty. in
2: half has, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely uh, toughened you up a little bit. I mean, but although in some ways you're not half the woman you used to be.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> my feeling is now just life, fucking bring it on. I, You know, I already <laughs> sawed myself in half. What right. else can you do to me? You, you know yeah. what I mean? You know what? Yeah. Bring on the goddamn murder hornets. You can't hurt me.
2: Yeah, Murder Hornets. Yeah, go for the legs, Murder Hornets. Good luck with that, right? Hey, um, t- Tony and Anita Hall, thank you so much for bringing those um, show descriptions to us. Hopefully, they will be showing up on paulapoundstone.com very soon. They will. All right. Some of us will be back with more. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone after this. <laughs> Fun fact, in 2008, Switzerland made it illegal to own just one guinea pig. In retaliation, Guinea outlawed Roger Federer. Welcome back, everybody. All you know, but is, hey, it's Hayes Paula, speaking of hotel soups, um... We want to hear from all the nobody, so please email us at poundstone at gmail.com. You can submit um, those show descriptions that we just did, uh, enter our theme song contest, or just drop us a line to complain about the length of the show.
0: Oh, we get that. And by the way, you guys, my store is open. The website is up. The store is open. It's right there at paulapoundstone.com. You can get the Poundstone Pussy Pillows, which are... Uh, It's a cat toy. It's a little pillow full of catnip. There's a cat joke uh, printed on one side and on the other side, and you can put your cat's name, and uh, I will autograph it to your cat. This makes it all the
2: more valuable to the cat. And and those Um, are being handmade by your assistant, Wendell.
0: That is correct. Uh, Wendell works in a sweatshop in the distant, far reaches of my home.
2: <laughs> now, uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, we were talking earlier this uh, weekend. I, I guess the pussy pillows are selling really well because um, you've had to get involved in the manufacturing process.
0: I've had to go on the line, yes. Um,
2: and what have you done on the line?
0: I fill the pillows with the catnip, and I pull the little <laughs> sticks. Sometimes in the catnip, there's, like, sticks. And they could poke through the little pouch, the pillow, and so I pull those out.
2: And, uh, and I keep the factory clean. That's part of my job. Well, apparently they're selling really well, and I'm really happy for you. And I, I do have some news in that um, because I was um, offended by a couple of things about these pussy pillows. Number one, there's a grommet uh, on the side for uh, listeners to um, – Attach a string to.
0: Yes, you can tie a string and pull the the pussy pillow around and and make it more intriguing to your cat. But I do not provide the string, uh, you guys, because, you know, you have to do something for yourselves, after all.
2: Well, or do you? Because I've been saying on this show that the combination of um, the you don't provide the string thing and the uh, deeply offensive name, pussy pillows, uh, motivated me to start offering on this show an alternative, Felber's Feline Fun Bags. And the idea behind a Felber Feline Fun Bag is that if you buy a pussy pillow from Paula Poundstone and you want a string attached to it, you can send it to me and I'll attach the string and then um, send it back to you with another signature. And I am happy to announce a listener got in touch with me today asking where she could send her poundstone's pussy pillow so that I could transform it into a felber's feline fun bag and I will be in touch with her over that.
0: Wow. So we are we you and me are single-handedly keeping the post office <laughs> running right now. We sure are. Um also by the way at paulpoundstone.com uh are my remarkably soft tri-poly blend t-shirts with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back and what with Summer coming up, you know, stay-at-home or, or order or no stay-at-home order. You're going to want the remarkably soft tri-poly blend T-shirt on your skin.
2: Absolutely. Um, I guess we've come to the end. Now that we've hawked all the wares that we have to sell, uh, Paula, you want <laughs> to tell people where they can find us?
0: You can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and check out our Facebook page at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone.
2: That is an amazing Facebook page, by the way. Tony Anita Hall does sensational and entertaining things with it. That's our show, everybody. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone it is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Leigh Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Jason Benetti of the Chicago White Sox announcing crew. And thanks Yay! to tonight's house band. Yeah. And thanks to our, our beloved new house band, Corey Springhorn.
0: Yay! Thank you, Corey.
2: Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Zebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Uh, Starburns production by Land Romo. Technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
2: Well, it's all over. Paula Poundstone, all over that show. It really brings home a winner. She's
0: she moving off of third. She's looking at the whole plate.
2: That ah, reminds me of, uh, I was once on a third <laughs> course of a giant meal at Giuseppe's in Chicago. Great restaurant, too many courses if you ask me.
0: I don't know. Just oh, 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 oh. Oh. I was just doing the part where you s- sit quietly again. Yeah, I just yeah. keep practicing uh, I, that.
2: Call the widow and have her wake her children because that ball is deceased. Because that ball is what?
0: Deceased.
2: <laughs> it's gone, it's a whole run Break out the paddles, no forget it There's no bringing that ball back What ball
0: That ball just crashed into an airliner Dearly beloved,
2: gather around, That ball lived from 2020 To about July 2020 And now it is gone
0: Did you hear that clink sound? That was the ball hitting the Mars rover
2: <laughs> oh my shot.
1: Starbeans on Star a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.